Do you know how to align your faith with your finances? Whether you're looking for faith-based financial solutions or ministry resources to guide your growth, we offer the services you need without forfeiting great rates. Lutheran Church Extension Fund offers borrowing solutions for rostered church workers and congregations, support services for your unique ministry, and investment products that serve the church. Learn more at lcef.org. we begin the process of spiritual nurture in the home? How can we help our children and grandchildren learn to love God and grow in faith? What are some fun family activities and devotions that we can do with our children, our grandchildren? Join us today as we talk about helping our children grow in faith. I'll share some fun family devotions you can use in your home. This is Kay Meyer, president of Family Shield Ministries. Today, I'm doing the program, Faith Formation of Children. I did it a few weeks ago at a congregation, and we had so much fun with it. I thought, hmm, I need to do this on air. So I'm by myself in the studio, and I think it's important that we think about and work toward helping our children know Jesus. And we can start when they're very young. Uh, How do we start the process of nurturing children in the home? Well, when they're just babies, we take them to be baptized or dedicated to the Lord. And Acts 2, 38 and 39 talks about the promise that is for you and your children. We teach them to pray. We help them grow spiritually. And of course, as babies, they can't learn a lot. But uh, as they grow, we'll have many opportunities to share God's love with them. We demonstrate love through words and actions. When they get a little bit older, we take them to Sunday school. Even while they're very young, we take them to church. I just had a few thoughts about uh, what churches can do and what we need to do. We need to begin the night before by getting everything ready. Be organized. It's going to help you because I understand that taking little ones to church is a very frustrating time, especially when we haven't thought ahead of time about the barrettes or the rubber bands that are going to keep that hair from falling in their face. Uh, We want to encourage pastors to put the lessons and at least one song in the bulletin the week before so parents can teach their children the song, the liturgy, and the lesson. Now, you won't be able to teach all of the Bible verses, but just take a couple words out of what is coming and teach your little one what to say. You can help your young children memorize the liturgy and Bible verses, and there's lots of games that can help you do that and have a good time. We're going to talk about some of those today. Remember, when children are learning how to read, that It's a big matter to handle a hymnal. A hymnal is big and very confusing. So help them learn how to handle that hymnal. We also need to recognize that the home is the most difficult place to live your faith. Well, in my outline, I say the home is probably the most difficult place to live your faith, but I think it is. I don't know if you'd agree with me. And there's a couple Bible verses that I think are written in God's word just for those in the home. 
James 5.16 says, Therefore confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. Now, don't you think that's a great verse to use in our homes? Confess our sins. We do mess up. We need to learn to say, I'm sorry, will you forgive me? We need to help our children learn to say that too. Another one is Ephesians 4, 31 to 32. Get rid of all bitterness, rage and anger, brawling and slander. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as God in Christ forgave you. Just great verses about how very difficult it can be as we are in the home with our children and we get frustrated or we get angry or we say things that we shouldn't say. Again, confess your sins to each other. How do you share your faith in the home, especially as your children were very young? I wish I could ask all of you. If I had a class with you in it, that's what I would do. I would ask for your input. You can play Christian music for very young babies and children in their room. You can pray for them when they're too young to pray with you and when they get old enough help them learn to pray with you. You can read them children's Bible stories. And there's even some for very young children, the board books, where they just look at the pictures and they may not get much out of it. As they get a little older, you might act out some of those stories. So we really encourage families to have devotions in the home. And I know it's hard. What obstacles do families face in establishing family devotions in the home. Really, it's a hard thing to do. But here's some of the things that I thought about related to obstacles. Time is an obstacle. Everybody always says, I just don't have time. But we can make time. It doesn't, especially with young children, it doesn't need to be a lot of time. In fact, if they're three years old, the little devotion should be about three minutes. It's not a long time. You don't tell them to sit there, be quiet, and you're going to like it no matter what. That's not an appropriate devotion to help children love God. Uh, Another obstacle is the ages of children. I know for me, I had an 11-year-old, an 8-year-old, and a 3-year-old. That was hard to do devotions. So we would alternate. Sometimes the devotion would be geared for our 11-year-old sometimes for the three-year-old, and we would get our older children involved in helping, maybe reading part of it or acting out part of the story for the little ones. Another obstacle is when parents try to do devotions is that they have a lot of law but no gospel. And I, I want you to remember that you need both law and gospel, but the gospel covers our sins. It's what Jesus did for us. So uh, don't just have devotions with the law. You must sit there and be quiet and be good and read God's word and be uh, perfect because we aren't. You must help them understand that Jesus loves them and suffered and died in their place. And the last obstacle that I have here is that we have a sinful nature. And so devotions are difficult for us. It's easier just not to do it. But we need to take time. I also encourage you to keep devotions for children short and age-appropriate. 
And uh, that's hard for people to understand. But again, I said this before, if they're three years old, don't have the devotion be much more than three minutes. And that doesn't mean when they're 20 years old that it has to be 20 minutes. Just make sure it's age appropriate. There are many good Christian books at Christian bookstores that have lots of great ideas, maybe little children's devotions that you can read with an activity because it's always good to do something, not just to read to them. Uh, Use interactive learning. Ask questions. Play games. I'm going to give you some examples. Use concrete items because young children do not understand the abstract. And faith and God and many of the things we talk about are just really hard for them to understand. So use concrete items. Do something or make something together and then talk about God. We used to always make our own Play-Doh. And then we would build things with that Play-Doh. We wouldn't just use cutouts. We would maybe make a snake and say, God created even the snakes or a cross. And then we would use that cross in our family devotions. Uh, You can take a walk together and talk about God's marvelous creation. How many things can you name that God made as you go on your A to C walk? So you take a piece of paper with your little three-year-old or four-year-old or five-year-old. You go to the park and you look for something that begins with A. Now you're going to have to help them because they may not know that ant begins with A. But you look for those and then you help them write them down or you write them down for them. And you pray together. Uh, You can make a prayer chain for your home. Just cut up slips of paper from your uh, printer and staple one inside the other. And then uh, as your devotion for the evening, write a prayer on that slip of paper. If the little one is too young to write their own prayer, ask them what they want to pray for. And say, we're going to write it down today. What do you want to pray for? Let's write it on the prayer chain. You write it on the slip of paper, and then you take a paper clip and put it in the first chain so you have another one and then another one, and every person in the family does that. If you do that every night, pretty soon you will be able to wrap your kitchen in prayer or your family room in prayer. And when people come over, The children will say, we have a prayer chain. Do you have a prayer request? Would you like to write something down? It's just a fun way and very simple activity. And then the children can go back and see how God answered their prayers. I have multiple activities when I do uh, this kind of a program at a church. And uh, in the beginning of it, I have a mixer game. Now, this isn't a children's game per se. It's a mixer for small groups. But uh, it's to help people get acquainted and also get them talking to each other when they don't know each other. So I thought I'd share just a few of those. I can email these to people if you're interested. Uh, The Family Shield Mixer, I I created it many years ago, and it's in one of my six-hour presentations on Use God's Shield. But it says, find a person who fits the description or can tell you the information requested in the statements below Have them sign their initial next to the statement. Try not to ask the same person twice. Now, you've probably seen these before. What I tried to do is ask questions that were related to families. So the first one is, who has the same number of brothers and sisters as you do? 
So you walk around the room, especially in groups where you don't know people, and you try to find someone who has the same number of brothers and sisters as you do. You may be an only child, then you're looking for somebody that's an only child. When you find them, they sign their initials. Another one is whose youngest child or grandchild is the same age as yours? So again, this this is for a larger group. Some of these questions you may not be able to answer. Uh, Number three is who can name the birth dates of all their children in 25 seconds? Now, if you have more than four or five children, you're probably not going to be able to do that. But it's kind of fun to try. And the fourth one says, who can show you a picture of a family member from their wallet or purse? And then on down, there's some that get you talking about different issues. Who can tell you about one of their favorite family traditions? Uh, Others, who can tell you what one thing they think has impacted families most negatively in the past 20 years? And on and on. There's actually 18 questions. You adapt them depending on how large the group is. But it's a good mixer for people that don't know each other and you want to get them talking. They will get up. And and we always have to tell them, get up, walk around the room. Uh, Don't try to just talk to the person next to you on both sides. So that's a mixer. And it's not really a children's game, but uh, children can participate as well as adults. One of my favorite games that I seldom try to do on air is Bible Tic-Tac-Toe. Let me just share it. I have a grid that I've made, and I could, again, email this to you. Uh, It's made just like tic-tac-toe, but inside each of the grids for the tic-tac-toe, I have a question. Uh, And I also have several things in here that are kind of like games. And I play it a lot of times in groups. So I have an X group and a zero group, and you play it just like tic-tac-toe, three Xs, three zeros, you win the game. The, the grid in the very middle says charades. With as many members of your team as possible, act out a Bible story from God's word that the other team can guess. So you don't want something they can't guess. And uh, this gets people up and active. And it, because we've said as many people from your team as possible, um, and I've also put it right in the middle of the tic-tac-toe. It's a critical one. Sometimes they'll leave that to the last. But usually the group gets into it and loves it. I have done the Bible tic-tac-toe with intergenerational groups. One time I had um, 30 people in the group that was acting out the charade, and they acted out Noah's Ark. And there were children that were three, and there were grandpas that were 60. And they, the 30 of them lined up. They talked first to figure out what they're going to do. Noah was the three-year-old, and after him came all the animals in pairs. And some were elephants, and they swung their trunk. Some were rabbits, and they jumped. It was just precious and cute. I've had so many different stories acted out. And then you ask questions, and you interact. Uh, another one of the grids is Bible Scramble. And in that grid, I'll have an envelope and I've taken one Bible verse and just cut it into various words, not every word, but maybe every three words. And then I've put it in the envelope. So the team takes it out, puts it together, then reads it and discusses it. 
Uh, and of course, if they get their answer correct, they get their X or their zero. So they're playing it as a team. We're going back and forth. And I usually don't like them to miss. So it just depends on how they work the grid. Um, the the grid at the bottom says, quote, John 316, with your team. So I usually put questions in here that people can answer and are fun to do. It's kind of team dynamics, and sometimes it's hard for people to get into, but most of the time they have a good time doing it. Um, I also have a Bible timeline. It's another one with an envelope, and in the envelope there are names of biblical characters And what you're supposed to do is come up to the front with your team. If there's five names, you take the index card with the name on it and you get into line in Bible order because most of the time children don't know when King David was in the Bible versus somebody from the New Testament. They get all of those people confused. So I I usually make sure it's not hard maybe Adam, I might have um, Saul, I might have somebody, uh, three or four people from the Old Testament, but they're pretty far apart, and then a couple from the New Testament. And I try to have men and women. So again, you make up the, the, uh, the questions. If your children are in Sunday school, you can use the Sunday school material. If they're very young, you might just put a heart there and say, what is that? If they say a heart then they get the answer correct. Or you might just cut out a picture of Jesus. If they say Jesus, then they got their answer correct, and you can put their X or zero there. This is called Bible Tic-Tac-Toe, and again, I can share that with you. I do want to make some announcements. Today, Family Shield is giving away the booklet, Parenting with Purpose. To request the booklet and tracks, call the Family Shield Response Center at 1-877-250-8416 or email witness2family at gmail.com. Don't forget to give us your complete name and address. We love to hear from our listeners. Send a note telling us how the program topics and guests have helped or equipped you to serve and witness. You can contact us at Family Shield Ministries, P.O. Box 230015, St. Louis, Missouri, 63123. Or again, you can email us at witness2family at gmail.com. I want to continue talking about some activities that I do with parents when I do parenting programs. One of them that I really like is a little um, uh, prayer cube that you just make out of a piece of eight and a half by 11 piece of paper. And I, I also have the instructions for this. I have one in front of me. It was just made with a piece of paper from my printer. And on each side, you put a different prayer. And I, we have those on our website, a list of uh, six different, seven different prayers. Um, and then the little children at dinner, uh, you're going to say a different prayer every day. You give the cube to the child and ask them to throw it on the table. Now, it's not going to hurt anything because it's just a piece of paper. As they throw it, whichever prayer is looking up is the one you pray that day. Now, most of the time, the children can't read it, so you read it. But you can also draw pictures, so they'll figure out what it is just by looking at the picture. So I threw the cube, and it says, ABC, one, two, three, thank you, God, for feeding me. Amen. 
I always tell the story of how my daughter learned this from a mops group. And the first time I saw it, she was using it with Seth, who was around five and a half, and Lizzie, who was just a little over two years old. And Seth loved it. Every meal, he would throw it on the table, and and sometimes he knew which prayer he wanted, and he'd take it back because it wasn't the one that he wanted. Just from the pictures, he knew what it was. But I said to Corrine, well, how about letting Lizzie throw the prayer cube? And she said, well, Lizzie can't do that. She can't speak enough to read it. But I said, but she knows what you're doing. Let her have the cube. And we put this little prayer cube into her hands, and she just pitched it on the table and smiled. She was so happy. And then again, mom or dad or whoever is leading the prayer, whatever prayer is up. And one of them says, make up a prayer. God is great. God is good. Let us thank him for our food. Amen. Just uh, a list of prayers that we have on our website. Different prayers. Some of them, of course, the Come Lord Jesus prayer that many people say as well. That's just one of many things you can do. Um, The Bible charades, again, we talked about. You don't have to do that in tic-tac-toe. Children love Bible charades. I used it in my Sunday school classes for years. I do it with adults many times. And and, uh, most of the time, everybody really gets into it and enjoys it. But then you can, those stories come alive in your eyes, and you can ask questions and talk more about them as you do that. And um, uh, I also do a devotion, M&M's Remind Me of God. I've got a little uh, bag of M&M's in front of me, and I used to write children's devotions all the time. I haven't done that a lot lately. But the M, the first M reminds me, I let the kids answer the questions, because this I just do with the children help the parents learn how to do it. The first M reminds me of a name for Jesus, and the children will usually figure it out. Messiah, yes. Jesus is our Messiah. He's our Savior. He suffered and died for our sins. And the second M is only possible because Jesus is our Messiah. It's ministry. So it's Messiah and ministry, M and M. We can only do ministry today because Jesus suffered and died for our sins. We can't do, we don't do ministry unless we know Christ as our Savior. And then we take, I take the different M&Ms and the different colors, and we talk about how they remind us of God. So I might take the yellow M&M, and I'll tell the children, I said, I'll push it way up high, and I'll say, what does this yellow M&M remind you of? And one of the children will always say the sun, because I'm holding it way up. And I'll say, yes, the sun, but it also reminds me of another sun, the sun of God that gives us life and light. And, uh, and, and then I'll go on to a different color, and I'll let the children answer. I won't always tell them what I'm thinking of. I'll say, now, here's a blue M&M. What does that remind you of? Many times the children will say baptism, or they'll say the sky, and I try to always say yes. I don't tell them they're wrong if they say something really crazy or not at all appropriate. I'll just say, let's let somebody else answer. There's a green M&M. What does that remind you of that God created or made? And the children will come up with all kinds of answers, but of course the grass and the, the trees, the beautiful world that he created for us, and... Um, The brown, I've had children say the cross that Jesus died on. 
are the are the trees, the trunks of the trees. And then, of course, there's also a red M&M, and here's a time. I usually wait close to the end for that, and I'll ask the children. Some of them will say red reminds them of love, and we can talk about God's love for us. Others will often say the blood of Jesus Christ, and we'll talk a little bit about what that means, that the blood of Christ covers our sins and why he loves us that much that he was willing to suffer for us. And then I always come in with enough little packages of M&Ms to give each child two. So at the end of the devotion, I'll say, okay, now I have two packets of M&Ms here. One is for you to take these M&Ms and share with somebody else why M&Ms remind you of God. Think about some of the things we talked about. And the other is for you to eat when your mom or dad or grandma and grandpa say it's okay. So you can't just go back to the pew and start eating these. You have to have permission. But remember that God created all things and even good things like candy for us. But it has to be at a time where we can have it. And uh, But I do want you to take that second package of M&Ms and Share with someone you know, maybe it's your grandma or grandpa, maybe it's a little girl next door, why M&Ms remind you of God. It gives them an opportunity to share their faith uh, with someone. It might be someone that already knows Christ, but no grandma or grandpa, even if they're not Christians, are going to turn down their little child who wants to show them what they learned in church or Sunday school that day. So it's just... There's so many things that you can do, and there's many great books out there that you can have that have children's, little children's devotions, very age-appropriate. I always like to use objects because I think it helps the children understand. Um, I used to do write children's devotions a lot, and I always love creating them because it's so much fun. But you just almost can take anything and create a Christian message for the children it helps to talk about God, and the earlier you start, the better, but you can do this, and you should do this throughout their life. It's so important. God has so much to say in his word about uh, our families. I've quoted this so many times, but Deuteronomy 6, 6 to 8 is one of my favorites, and these words, which I am am commanding you today shall be on your heart and you shall teach them diligently to your sons and daughters and shall talk to them when you sit in the house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise up and you shall bind them as a sign on your hand and write them on the doorpost of your house. What great words God has given us. There are so many others And I am mindful of the sincere faith within you, which first dwelt in your grandmother, Lois, and your mother, Eunice. And I am sure that it is in you as well from 2 Timothy 1.5. God tells us to teach our children from the very young age about Jesus Christ, faith in him. And uh, so thankful that you were listening today. This is Kay Meyer with Family Shield, and you can learn more about us on our website at www.familyshieldministries.com. Thanks for listening. 
You've been listening to Family Shield, a production of Family Shield Ministries. Its mission is to educate and equip people through the power of the gospel to know Christ, grow in His Word, and to strengthen individuals and their families. To learn how you can obtain resources or support the ministry, go to www.familyshieldministries.com or write Family Shield Ministries, P.O. Box 230015, St. Louis, Missouri, 63123. And tune in again next week for Family Shield. Family Shield.